is time now for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire to look back at this week in history. Good morning. How Good are you? Good morning, Aaron. Well, there's just so much going on this week, uh, notable things and quirky things that it was just hard. It was a, a cornucopia of possibilities. So <laughs> I had you don't look. even know what we're going to be talking about in five <laughs> I do, minutes. I do. You've got I, you've got right, 20 but, different pages sitting there and so much history. <laughs> I know. It's like I feel like the Ginsu knife people. But wait, there's more. <laughs> and there really are. Uh, let me just start off with one thing that is a really big deal. Um, and it happens on October 29th, 1969. Now, uh, this is involving the Supreme Court, mm. and it was a case uh, by a mom who brought uh, the case and other people joined in because um, if you, you cast back to 1954, Brown versus Board of Education, now there should be integration. Well, not exactly, because the wording of that ruling said with all deliberate speed. And so southern states began to reinterpret what that was, an alternate interpretation. And they said, deliberate. Well, and so it became de facto segregation for much of the South. And um, you had school vouchers. There was pro-choice. I mean, these are words we even hear today. Yeah. And I mean, there were districts who shut down all the schools right. to avoid. That's yeah. right. And finally, uh, on October 29, 1969, is when the Supreme Court said, okay, it's not with deliberate speed, it's immediately now. That's when it finally, 15 years later. So mm -hmm. words have a great deal of impact. And uh, that's sort of uh, proof of that. And here's one that if we cast back, way back to 1774, October 25th, 1774, the women of Edenton um, decided to take matters into their own hand when it came to Great Britain, who was not being responsive to their uh, family's concerns about fairness. And so they said, okay, we're going to boycott English tea and English products. And they signed their names. Now, this is right after, uh, within months, of the Boston Tea Party. But, of course, that was anonymous. Those are people dressed up, pretending to be Native Americans, and they dumped tea in the harbor. This is different. These women actually signed their names. Now, it's kind of dismissed in England, but today we can look back and say that was pretty gutsy. Mm. And sometimes the power of the purse. Uh, you know, we think voting happens uh, just uh, whenever elections occur, but actually we vote with our purchase power all the time. And, all the uh, time, yeah. Yeah, so that's an important kind of uh, highlight uh, moment. Now, there's a couple of other really interesting uh, people. Uh, uh, well, one is Beryl Markham. She was born uh, October 26, 1902. She lives in 1986. She has an amazing adventurous life. Her family moves to Kenya. She grows up, kind of we almost call her a tomboy. She's engaged in lots of ventures, sees an airplane, decides, oh, I want to start to learn that. She does, and then she does something extraordinary. In 1936, now Lindbergh has flown across the Atlantic, but nobody had managed to sail uh, fly from Europe, from England, to America that way. There's headwinds. People had died. She decides to do it, and she does. Nice. Uh, she gets to Newfoundland. Her, her motor is icing up, and she crash lands there, but she survives. First person, man or woman, to do that. Kind of extraordinary. And then um, there's a brief flare-up of fame 
And then she goes back and to Kenya eventually starts to do what she did before, which was to train racehorses in kind of an obscurity, but she's a brilliant writer. Uh, so much so that Ernest Hemingway had noted something, and a, a publisher sees a note about this, and he sees her memoir and says, we need to reissue it. And at 80, she has a whole second hmm. act uh, as uh, she, her fame and her adventures are refound. So kind so of it reminds me of Elizabeth Cotton a little bit, yes, right? Yes, like, exactly. Like resurgence in popularity oh, yes. when she's like 80-something years old. Right, yeah, yeah. right. So uh, you're never too old to do something new. I think that's the, the key here. Um, there's... <laughs> or in this case, never too old to have people look back <laughs> okay. at what you did 40 years ago and be like, ooh, that's cool. <laughs> she didn't okay. have to do anything at all, all when right, she well, was 85. Then you will really like this next one. <laughs> this, is, this is so cool. This is on October uh, 21st, 19. A, a, one, a woman, this is a birthday, woman who's born, who's named Anna Edison Taylor. And um, she grows up, she becomes a school teacher, and uh, moves to Michigan, and uh, Bay City, Michigan. Um, she's doing music and then moves around to Texas, uh, wants to open a dance studio. No, that didn't work out. Moves back to Bay City. By 1900, though, her her uh, prospects are not that good. Her house that she had stayed in burned down. There wasn't the kind of insurance that we have now. This is a pretty Bay City story show, so far. Okay. <laughs> so here is what she decides to do. She decides, you know, for my 63rd birthday, I think I want to go over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Okay. <laughs> so now... No one had managed to do this. Still a pretty Bay City story, <laughs> if you ask me. <laughs> well, maybe so. And maybe this is the cool part of this, is that she she gets this barrel, she puts a mattress in it, but just to make sure. Now, we've talked about this, about the cat that went into outer space. They send a cat over Niagara Falls. First and only animal that I know of was sent over Niagara Falls, and it's a cat two days before she goes and survives with a slight gash on his head. And so she says, oh, I think that's pretty safe. <laughs> Gets into this barrel. That famous water-loving animal, the cat. Let's put them in a barrel and send them Once over again, Niagara the Falls. the little eyes, you know. If it yeah, a, yeah. A go-cam on its uh, head, it would have been really interesting <laughs> to see. Um, but uh, she does. She survives this. Uh, incredible ordeal on her 63rd birthday, which is October 24th and 1901. And um, she's the first person to survive, man or woman. Mm. And you, she doesn't have a great deal of success uh, afterwards. Uh, she tries to get it, and I suppose today there'd be a lot more <laughs> endorsements, maybe. Uh, but that's kind of an unusual uh, kind of person. Now, I, I should have ha hastened to mention that if anyone's in Florida, you'll be happy to know that James Madison made a decree acquiring West Florida, saying it was part of the Louisiana Purchase, like an overlook, like, oops. <laughs> we'll take this, too. Thank we'll you very much. Yeah, I like how you can just decree that, that and it's right. like, yep, this is ours as well. Thank you very much. And this, too, and this, and the moon. <laughs> Speaking with uh, <laughs> Scott Washington, uh, we got time for one okay. more. What do we got? Uh, good things take time. Uh, France, uh, grateful uh, and in celebration of America's bicentennial uh, begins this great project to send the statue, what we call now the Statue of Liberty, to the United States. And it was supposed to be for 1776, except that delays occur. They have to also get a pedestal. The thing is so huge where to place it. And so finally, it is uh, this week, 
uh, on October 28, 1886, that it finally got dedicated. So it was 10 years later, but it's still, uh, she raises her torch triumphantly to risk-taking uh, that makes the world a better place, and that's what, why... History matters. Yes, it does. And that's Scott Washington. Thank you so much. Thank you, man.